On this episode, we cover Yanny versus Laurel, plus Facebook's fake followers, the Google I.O. announcements, and Amazon's new ads that'll follow you around. It's episode 10 of the Britain Digital Update podcast for the week of May 14th, 2018. Hi, and welcome to the Britain Digital Update Podcast. I'm your host, Dave B. Good, and it appears we have become a people divided again. We see strong opinions generated, online hatred being spewed, and quite possibly friends parting ways. This time, however, it's not Trump versus Hillary, not U.S. versus Russia, not even Cubs versus White Sox. No, it's Yanny versus Laurel. Have you heard that thing? Oh my gosh, this viral debate, the likes of which has not been seen since the dress. Yeah, you remember the black and blue dress, or is it white and gold? While that picture had a second-guessing our eyes, this post has a second-guessing our ears. The Yanny vs. Laurel post first appeared on Reddit before spreading like wildfire, and when, when you play the clip, some of us hear a word that sounds like Yanny, and some of us clearly hear the word Laurel. Why? How is it that we can hear two entirely different things? Well, scientists and professors and audio engineers are all chiming in, and the consensus comes down to a few reasons. First, what we hear is really related to overlapping audio frequencies and how much of the audio spectrum we can hear. Laurel has sounds with lower frequencies, while Yanny has sounds with higher frequencies. And our brains affect what we hear too. The brain fills in missing sounds and missing frequencies when there's noise or lack of information. It adds, it adds the audio information to help us process what we expect to hear. So that's part of it. Another part is that the sound that we hear can change based on the device we're using to listen to it. For example, I clearly heard the word Laurel on my iPhone, but on my television, I heard Yanny. It can change based on our hearing ability too. As we age, we lose some of the ability to hear higher frequencies. So that could be why some of us hear the lower frequency leaning word Laurel. Now the Reddit user who posted the clip and did not intend to break up relationships over it uh, shared with Wired that the audio came from a recording for the pronunciation of the word Laurel from Vocabulary.com. So it is actually the word Laurel. That's what it's intended to sound like. But that's not what everybody hears, clearly. So we might not be able to agree on what you're hearing, but one thing is for sure, it's hard to go anywhere on the internet without this debate creeping up on you. Another thing that's hard to deny is that Facebook has a fake problem. It's Well, it's a real problem, but it's fake people. 583 million fake people, as a matter of fact. This past week, Facebook released its first-ever Community Standards Enforcement Report. It's a report that outlined the action that they took to remove those fake accounts, as well as any inappropriate or spam content. They've removed 837 million pieces, by the way, since the beginning of the year. Now, what should brands and marketers take away from this? Does all of this talk of fake accounts and spam mean, ugh, I got to stay away from Facebook when it comes to marketing. I got to take it out of my marketing plan. Well, before you jump to that conclusion, remember, Facebook is only releasing these numbers in an effort to become more transparent. Now, there's still a long way to go, but it's a step in the right direction. And when you run an ad campaign, you should be looking for more than just awareness signals like impressions and clicks. You should be looking for action. 
like web traffic, leads, purchases on your website. There are so many signs that you can look for of good traffic and other signs that point to traffic from bots and fake sources. Now at Britain Marketing and Design Group, we dig deeper into the data. It's one of the things we pride ourselves on because we want to ensure that our clients get the most for their spend, right? Every campaign online is susceptible to digital fraud, banner ads especially. But in our experience, Facebook tends to see a smaller share of fraud than other channels. And, and despite all these negative news reports recently about fake news and data leaking, Facebook's still a super incredibly effective and efficient way to reach the targeted users for your campaign. So we would not suggest removing that from your marketing plan if it's in there currently. Of course, not everyone at Facebook right now focused on correcting PR blemishes. There's plenty of new features they're working on. Stuff's being added and tested to Facebook's suite of products all the time. Here's a few others that made news over the past week or two you should know about. First of all, Facebook introduced dynamic ads for lead generation. For example, if you're a car dealer, you got a lot of changing inventory and you want your ads to be relevant. You want to make sure that you're showing in your ad the car that somebody just looked at. So when they jump on Facebook, they see that car again and they want it even more, right? So that's a dynamic ad. It's constantly changing in, in an effort to be more relevant. Well, they now added dynamic ads for lead generation. That's very cool. Instagram is testing new business page features for customer interaction. That's always important if you're doing some selling through Instagram shoppable posts you need to be able to communicate with customers in real time they also could be adding soundtracks they could add music to your instagram stories that could make content really fun facebook's avatars could be the answer to snapchat's bitmoji and you can soon rewind your facebook live stream during the actual live stream broadcast super cool we've got links to those stories and more at britainmdg.com in the latest digital update blog now let's move on to Google. The annual Google I.O. Developer Conference was held earlier this month, and at the event, Google revealed some of the technology it has planned for the coming year and coming years, with much of the focus on the infrastructure it has in place so that it can be super competitive when it comes to machine learning and AI. And it's made a lot of advances with machine learning and artificial intelligence as well. One of those AI systems is called Google Duplex, and they demonstrated it for everyone at the conference, and it was kind of mind-blowing. They asked Google Assistant to make an appointment for a haircut, and the Google Assistant made an actual phone call and had a conversation with somebody at the salon, and they had no idea they were talking to a robot or a digital assistant. It was super impressive that the artificial intelligence was able to have a conversation and answer back very conversationally and able to deal with misunderstandings on the other end of the phone by the, the human it was talking to. When there were questions that arose, it knew exactly how to answer, which was super cool. What wasn't super cool is that the demo sent everyone online into a frenzy wondering, wait a minute, are we already having conversations with digital assistants and we have no idea? Is this happening? The Verge reports that Google later clarified and said that conversation exchanges must be functional. There's limits on what the artificial intelligence can do and limits on what's going to be said. So Duplex, Google Duplex, is really just an experiment at this point. It's not a finished product, but kind of an eye-opening glimpse at what the digital assistance of the future could be. 
and a reason that they're putting so much emphasis onto building infrastructure so that they can be the hub for those assistants and for that machine learning. Now, in addition, Google announced its beta test for Android P, which is the latest version of its mobile operating system. Improvements over previous versions of Android include an updated system navigation, adaptive battery and brightness settings, smarter notifications, and predictive actions, meaning like it can predict what app you're going to use next or what action you would like to take. Like if you always open up a running app and then open up Spotify because you like to listen to music while you run, it'll suggest the apps in that order because it knows that's what you want to do. Now, on our written blog, we also have a few additional announcements that Google talked about at the I.O. conference, including a redesigned Google News app and a Google Photos app where you can add color to black and white photos. Like you have an old picture of great-grandparents, you can actually add color to a black and white photo. That's pretty cool. Now, Amazon had some announcements of their own this week, and it has to do with advertising. Digital ad revenue in 2017 last year grew 21% to more than $88 billion globally. That's according to the IAB Internet Advertising Revenue Report. And with 90% of that growth going to Google and Facebook, it's no wonder that other tech giants like Amazon are taking notice. Google's ad revenue registered $95 billion last year. Facebook brought in $40 billion. Amazon, just $1.7 billion. So they have some catching up to do and a lot of dollars at stake. Now, Bloomberg Media is reporting that Amazon announced a test of a new retargeting ad, a tool that lets merchants selling on Amazon's online marketplace purchase ads that will follow shoppers around the web to lure them back to Amazon to buy. Now, that's different than just seeing ads of something you just looked at on Amazon. This is on other people's websites, the same way the Google Display Network works. So it's really the first time Amazon has allowed sellers to bid on ads through other websites, not just its search ads and product listing ads on on their own websites. Very interesting. Bloomberg Media reports that by 2021, advertising on websites and mobile devices will account for half of all ad spending in the U.S., a greater share than TV, radio, newspapers, and billboards combined. And that's just advertising. That doesn't include e-commerce that Amazon can make a boatload of cash from, too. It's worth paying attention to this test. We're going to watch how the brands that are involved in the test, because it's not open to everyone, the brands that are involved in the test, how they use this option for advertising. And then, you know, when you watch what they do, you can then jump on that opportunity as soon as it's publicly available. So... How do I know it's worth watching? Well, ask anyone that's ever bet against Amazon. They would definitely know. Now, we can't cover everything here in the Britain Digital Update podcast that we have on the blog. We have links to some other stories online, and that includes Amazon Go, the cashierless store. They're opening a new store in Chicago. Vine 2.0 is on hold indefinitely. You can uh, find out why with a link to that story. Gen Z will soon make up half of all consumers. Plus, Walmart abandons cashierless checkout. YouTube ditches Red for YouTube Premium. And could Alexa have plans to become a digital doctor? All that and more online at BritainMDG.com. Click on blog and then on the digital update section. That way you can stay up to date. Of course, we appreciate you checking out the blog version. If the podcast is more your thing, you can always subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. Just search for Britain Digital Update and hit the subscribe button. That is a wrap, though, on episode 10 of the Britain Digital Update podcast for the week of May 14th, 2018. I'm Dave Begood. Thanks for listening. <laughs>